Hey Dragons, welcome back to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This episode is Wednesday, April 6th. It is quite fitting because our guest is Kelly Hightower of the Mating Habits of the Modern Geek podcast, an awesome nerd geek relationship podcast, and it's actually quite fitting because I am getting married on Saturday. So, very exciting. I do want to let you all know, this is probably one of our longest episodes at around an hour and 50 minutes. I usually try to keep these between 45 and an hour and 15. Kelly was just so entertaining and so funny that I just could not figure out what to cut and I didn't want to lose any of it. So enjoy. Workout nerd out. In the basement rolling dice, rolling dice, I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind. Just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Roll a D6. Hey there, dragons. My name is Kenny Rotter. Welcome to episode 5 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast, mixing nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. Today, I am very excited to be joined by Kelly Hightower from the Mating Habits of the Modern Geek podcast. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, and we just spoke for a half hour that I've laughed more times than (laughs) I can remember, so it was a lot of fun. Well, good. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the afternoon where you are, it's the morning where I am, and I've, you know, everybody should laugh this much before noon. Well, I hope someone will start prescribing me and I get a kickback. Like, tell people they have to listen to me before they go eat lunch. <laughs> I will be more than happy to prescribe that. I am good, not a good. doctor. <laughs> All right. So you and I have been chatting, but obviously no one else heard that conversation. So who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, like you said, my name is Kelly Hightower. Uh, for the past three years or a little bit over, I have hosted a podcast called Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. And it's a show where we try to look at dating tips, not necessarily tricks. Um, it's not pickup artisty at all. It's more about just discussing the different troubles that most people have with dating, but especially those of us in the geek and nerd worlds, uh, the, the problems that we run across and, and solutions possibly to overcoming said problems. And that's probably about 20% of the show. And then 80% of it is us talking about movies and video games and TV. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I, I think that's proportional to how much time we spend doing those things as opposed to how much time we spend dating. (laughs) Well, I, I agree. Um, I think it's, 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 it's a, it's a fun, I have rotating co-hosts, so I try to keep it, it fresh and I have different relationships, um, and friendships with all the different people that I have on. And so, uh, some of them are, are, you know, have certain opinions in certain, you know, some ways and, and others have other opinions. And I just, I find it, it's, it's interesting to see how other people feel about what I'm telling the world to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes they're right, um, but most of the time I'm right. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, and then me personally, I'm a small business owner uh, in North Carolina. 
uh, which is a technically a southern town in the U.S. I try to fight how southern it is because um, <laughs> that's such a negative stereotype to the rest of the world. But, and it's North Carolina. I mean, yeah, I, come on. It's not South Carolina. <laughs> We've never tried to, like, secede recently from the United <laughs> States. But, um, but, yeah, so I, uh, I, do a lot of, I do a lot of work. Or try. I'm, I'm trying to get back into doing a lot of work locally for local politics and, and get back into with local organizations because uh, I care. I care about my little state, but uh, but no. Other than that, I I'm a boss. I, I own a business and go out and, and, and make money for myself. So I, I get a real big head about it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well deserved. Well deserved. I I just really appreciate how you're like I'm a boss. <laughs> I mean I I have to own it. I. <laughs> I've done everything else. I've worked for other people. You know, I I was married at one time, and I tried to. It, I, a, an ex boyfriend described this for me. I, I was I got married, and I tried to do uh, because at the time the job I was doing was one I could do from home, like the whole housewife thing. Like I was trying to, you know, I keep a clean house anyway because I have OCD. But I was trying to like make dinner and have it ready at a certain time, and like invite local women in the community over for coffee and tea in the morning, and do all that kind of stuff, and. Um, my ex-boyfriend, he, 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 when he found out I was doing all this, he was like, yeah, he goes, I can imagine that at one point you just slammed the teacup off the table and like, ain't gonna be no crumpets and tea. I'm just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be in a nightclub. I need to be doing other things. Like, this is dumb. Get out of this house. Like, and yeah, so I, I've tried, I've tried to be many, many other things, but, uh, basically just, you know, doing my own thing and, and being in control of, of my own life has been the only thing that's actually stuck. So. That's excellent. Tell us about one of your heroes or in, sources of inspiration. So I am a big media nerd. Um, I, I play a lot of video games and I do all like the tabletop RPGs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but my, my first love really and truly is movies. And I, when you, when you sent this question over, I really had to think about it. Like, like what is because I, I, you can go with a superhero, but they're not real. Um, I wanted to go with someone who I've actually interacted with in real life and who I actually <laughs> who is a person that exists. And so my uh, one of my heroes would have to be Bruce Campbell. Oh. And I mean, other That's than so the fact that he's just he's a great he's a great guy. He's great to his fans. He's always, you know, on board. Um, I've done a lot of convention work. And from, from what I've heard from other people, I've never actually worked with him at a convention, but I hear that he's on board to host costume parties and like, or costume contests. And he's really like, he understands the thing I like the most about him is he kind of understands where he fits in, in the whole spectrum of stardom and, and, you know, entertainment. And he's fine with it and he owns it. And so he gets these like, he'll do like the most, you know, like my name is Bruce, which I loved, but it was terrible. Um, you know, he'll do, he'll do stuff like that because he doesn't take himself too seriously. In fact, he's going to make money on the fact that he doesn't take himself too seriously. And also, I really, both of his, uh, autobiographies, the first one, I, I'm a horror nerd and grew up obsessed with all of Sam Raimi's movies. And to read about how much he just put of himself into helping out, you know, Sam Raimi and, 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 and that whole crowd making Evil Dead, that he just went to, I mean, like, you know, just really and truly have, being someone who's never really acted before, going in there and, you know, working 18-hour days, 10 days a week in the North Carolina summer heat, like, <laughs> to me, I was like, that, that's, he, that's a stand-up guy. 
No, absolutely. And I've read I've read one of his books, Confessions of a B Actor. Yes. A, it was just hilarious, but I've always gotten that vibe from him is that he kind of understands, like you said, where he's at, where right. he fits in, and he seems to enjoy doing that. Right. It's like he doesn't he doesn't it doesn't hurt his feelings that he's not, you know, Russell Crowe. Like he gets yeah. it. Like he do, he doesn't want to be Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe has to do a whole lot weirder less fun stuff and i actually that's true i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) but i actually got an email from bruce campbell um it was back in it was probably between 2001 and 2002 somewhere back in early 2000s and he they had released this is still back in the infancy of the internet like the internet was like you couldn't live without it but it was not what it is today it wasn't on phones um but he (laughs) it's a joke Sam Raimi and Rob Tapert had released Bruce's actual email to the world, (laughs) (laughs) his actual personal email. And he wrote, Bruce Campbell wrote on his blog at the time. It wasn't called a blog then. (laughs) He wrote on his website at the time um, that he was really angry because he thought, great, I'm going to get inundated with all of these emails from crazy (laughs) fans. And he ended up getting like maybe five a week. (laughs) <laughs> and so he was like, so I had, kind of had to re-examine where I was coming from in my life, and I just started to personally answer the emails. So I knew that he personally answered from this one email address. And so, uh, and during that same year, someone broke into my house. I lived by myself, kind of out in a cabin in the woods, ironically. And someone broke in, and they stole <laughs> my DVD player, and then my, this is how long ago it was, my, like, Criterion Edition VHS copies oh. of Evil Dead 1, 2, and Army of Darkness. Oh. And, and so they stole, like, the just those are, that's it. That's all they stole was the DVD player and then these three VHSs, which I was like, that's ridiculous. You can't, they are not DVDs, but go ahead. <laughs> is, for, is this one of your friends that has played a prank on you for the last 15 years? I, that didn't, that did cross my mind when it happened. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, and so I was like really sad, and I was like, well, I think I'll write Bruce Campbell an email about this. And so I wrote, I said, Mr. Campbell, you know, I'm a big fan. I love all your work. I had these editions of your, your movies. Somebody broke in, and they only took those. I said, so, um, the bad news, there's, you know, there are robbers out there who will take your things. The good news is they have really good taste. <laughs> and he replied immediately, and he was like, hey, sorry that that happened to you. Um, imagine if they'd broken into my house. Like, <laughs> so it was very, it was very like, oh, that's that was very sweet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've I've always admired him. I've always, you know, looked at at everything he does, even with Burn Notice. Like he's he he only with the exception of Bubba Hotep, he kindly only ever plays himself. You know, with him with him in this wildly successful show on USA. Like, he even got a little spinoff show about his character. It just, you can tell that he's having a good time while he's filming, that he is always kind of a little bit like, hey, I can't believe they're going to let me do this. I I get to come here every day and play around and then get to go back home. I, it just, he's, that's, that's the sort of person I want to be. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be famous. I want to have a lot of fun doing what I do. He's my hero. That's a good hero to have. That is a good person to aspire to. I agree. <laughs> and, uh, real quick, I have to ask: Have you watched Ash vs. Evil Dead? I have to steal it. No, so I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? Yes. Yeah, I have to. It's one of those because I don't get stars. 
Because who gets stars? Like, stars only plays things with old Xena actors on it. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to wait to get Spartacus' blood in the sand. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on the list of things. Like, if it falls off the back of the internet, I will pick it up and, and, uh, and watch it. But no, I, I definitely, it's on my radar to get. It was pretty funny. And they, thank goodness it was on stars because they did things in that show that mm-hmm. if it was, even if it was on like AMC or HBO, you'd be like, it's gonna get some blowback. <laughs> so that was is it? Did they do a lot of sexual stuff? Because I know you can do super hyper violence on AMC, but they can't do they can't do a whole lot of sexual stuff. It was a they killed a twelve year old <laughs> who was not a zombie. Oh, no. <laughs> they shouldn't be laughing at that, but that's really. Funny. But no, it was it was the zombie kid's parents like threw him into a fan. Oh my god, but he what but he was fine. He, he he was not a zombie. His parents were zombies and they killed the kid by throwing him oh. into a fan. Oh that's not okay, I see what you're saying. I just thought like they thought he was a zombie, they killed him and it turned out he wasn't, which <laughs> is, is very funny. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> no, but it it's it was a very good show. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and it's coming back for season two. Oh good, good, good. I like I like it when he's working. <laughs> Even though we just totally nerded out about Bruce Campbell. What are some of your other favorite areas of nerdiness? Well, the only thing that I don't, that, that other nerds do that I don't, is I don't play any CCGs right now. I don't do like Magic the Gathering or, or Yu-Gi-Oh! or Legend of the Five Rings or any of that sort of stuff. I um, I used okay. to. <laughs> Back when Star uh, Star Trek had a CCG. Um, for, but... for people who don't know, that's collectible card game? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I'm going like full nerd. <laughs> um, right and right now I'm in the process of combining two of my loves, which are um, Bioware video games and uh, tabletop RPGs, and I'm getting ready to run a Mass Effect tabletop, uh, which is just it's kind of consuming my life. Mostly building the little sets because I'm very yeah. I'm a, I, I like I like playing tabletop games, but I, I get tired with just stuff drawn on like you know like Dungeons and Dragons. You have the, the grid map and people just draw with the dry erase markers. Yeah. I'm like, let's next level this stuff. Like, let's let's take a tip from the Warhammer kids and like actually p- build some sets and like build some little things like you know where you can tell if your guy has cover or not. And so, I'm working on that right now. Um, I play Destiny, the video game, more okay. than anyone should. Um, and a lot of that is because a lot of my, my friends play. And so we just get on there and just talk like, you know, we just kind of unwind together and have a good chat while we are shooting stuff. I like all the normal geeky things. I like Star Wars. I like Star Trek. Um, I'm big into sci-fi. Um, I read a lot. I've been, I've gotten back into comics in a big way, which the last time I was into comics was in the early nineties. Um, but I got back in with, uh, Saga and Sex Criminals. I don't know if you're familiar with these two franchise comics. I'm super into Saga right now. I have Mm -hmm. not heard of Sex Criminals. Sex Criminals is amazing. And just to give you just a little, a little hint of what it's about, um, these, there are two people, the two main characters discover that when they have an orgasm, they stop time. And they discover it independently of each other and then they come together and find each other. In the, like in the first comic, and um, they can run around the world while time is stopped, and time doesn't start again until they get aroused again. And so it is, ju- it's it's fantastic. Um, it's Matt Fraction, 
uh, who's writing it. And I, I've said this, I say this all the time. I would follow him into hell. It <laughs> is just like, it's some of the best, uh, comic writing ever. But yeah, I love Saga. I've really gotten into, um, Scott Snyder. I think it's his name who does American Vampire and Witches, uh, cause there's, there's the horror element there. Really good comics. And I've, I've really gotten into the women of DC in the past, like, three or four months. We're catching up on all the new 52 Wonder Woman, um, comics. And I, I've, I never really got into trade paperbacks before because I didn't, I was into comics more for the collecting aspect of it. Like, oh, I better keep these mint in box or whatever. And so now, because I have discovered, like, oh, they take six of them at a time and put them in a small book that you can take with you and read, and you don't really care if there's a coffee ring on it. Like, that's that's better. So I'm actually finding better comics that I care more about the story than I do the art, which is nice. And and also another one which gets overlooked is Nailbiter. If, if anybody's into, um, serial killers and, um, like serial killers and humor, <laughs> Nailbiter, <laughs> Nailbiter is a great comic. Um, and they're in their fourth volume of trade paperback. So they've got several issues out there, but, but yeah, so that's like the nerdiest thing I'm doing now is basically playing video games, reading comics and playing, uh, tabletop RPGs. So I don't, I mean, I could put some tape on my glasses to make it a little bit more nerdy. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I'm pretty much, I think I'm, I'm maxing out on my, my nerd factor. Number one, I'm super jealous that you have time to game. I I have not played a video game since last year, uh, and I finally caught up on Max Payne 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had a hankering to go back to Super Mario 64. Right. Uh, and just, I, it's like, I want to collect 120 stars, bitch. <laughs> it's like, uh, what I want to do. I'm a completionist. <laughs> I'm, I'm that way with Assassin's Creed. I want to get all the chests. I don't care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then my glasses recently broke, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I only use them when I'm reading at night. Um, right. But I tried. I was like, eh, I don't have any electrical tape nearby, so I'm going to try this super glue. And I, I tried to super glue them. Yeah. And then I got super glue all over the lenses and ruined the glasses. Oh, my God. <laughs> You should have just gone with tape. I know, right? <laughs> like, it's like, let me let me sing you the song of our people. Like, just use <laughs> tape. <laughs> right. Well, then I went to Costco and got a new pair of lenses and frames for under a hundred dollars. Thank you very much, Costco. Oh, I love Costco. If we get into what we nerd out about the most, it's Costco. <laughs> what aside from you know. Costco, what is your favorite nerd or pop culture genre right now? Right now, it, it's it's got to be space and sci-fi. Um, I have been really enjoying uh, how popular, like, Doctor Who has become. And especially, like, with, like, mainstream people. And with oh, that, yeah. I mean, like, like, young women. So that they'll talk about it all the time on Tumblr. <laughs> and so, like, I can go in. I just, I like that I don't really even have to think about it anymore. Because I used to spend a lot of time with other Doctor Who nerds sitting around thinking about the timelines and how the spa- how space works. And I'm a, I was a biology major in college. And so I'm really into, like, the xenobiology of things. And I, so, like, I want to know, like, how all the, you know, everybody's, are, does everybody get the flu? Like, I'm, so I'm, like, all with those sorts of things. And so now other people have taken it upon themselves to make intricate timelines of how stuff happens. Or it's like, it's, it's on the same vein of, have you ever, <laughs> someone puts up one of those pictures where they contrast all the different spaceships as to how big they really are in comparison to all the other shows' spaceships? Yeah. And so, so yeah, so they'll have like the Enterprise E 
ne- or the Enterprise D, and then they'll have like you know next to like Moya from Farscape, and then that next to like Babylon Five, like just for the for scale. I, I I'll spend hours just looking at that. <laughs> that sort of, that sort of minutia and and the fact that other people are doing the work for me, so I don't have to. It's like it's something I want to know, but I'm not going to put in for, put forth the effort. Um, <laughs> right right now the sci-fi the space the space opera slash sci-fi community they're running with it and doing all that stuff for me. So you know it's and and that more so because I'm also I'm also on Tumblr to hear Game of Thrones theories. So, <laughs> but they're, I mean, that's just one, like, there's just one Game of Thrones. Like, they're not talking about all the other 15 different types of shows. So, so yeah, it would have to be, it would have to be the, the space sci-fi genre right now is, it's what I'm, what, I, those are the links I'm clicking when I, when I'm on social media and that sort of stuff. Okay. Firefly fan, I assume? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. It was so good. And I, I'm one of those people where I don't think they, when everyone's like, they should bring it back. I'm like, I don't think they should bring it back. I think... I think people should, I think Americans should be more European about their shows. Sometimes things are just great. Just you got to taste, you got to see it. And it, it, it left you wanting more instead of going on to be not good anymore. Yes. But I, I also wish that we could be more European with our shows by giving them a set full run of whatever it's going to take to tell the story. Oh, sure. No, I mean, that one did get cut short. Yeah. Like, um, for example, like, had had Fox said to, to Joss, hey, you have four seasons of 13 episodes each. Tell your story. Right. You, you have 52 episodes to tell your story. We're not going to cancel you. Make it. Right. Um, I, I think that could lead to a lot of, a lot more... A lot better TV. I I agree. I don't like our law, our um, syndication, the way syndication works right now. Oh, yeah. um, because it's all about money, and so you have to make at least eighty-eight shows, I think, for something to be in syndication. Um, and so that's what they're. If if something they don't think has eighty-eight shows in it, they don't. They just want to cancel it after one season and move on. Yeah. And and I think that's a real mistake because I think that if you you're right, if they did it in blocks where it was like. You know, you've got this much, this much time to tell this story. You would have no filler episodes at that point. You'd have no crazy, it was all a dream episode. Like everything would be pertinent to the story and everything could just kind of be focused and better. Um, but that's not the way America works. Uh, everybody (laughs) wants to make as much money as possible. And so, so yeah, yeah, I, I never thought about that. Things typically don't get canceled like that. At least with the BBC. The BBC is like, you have this much time. And yeah. sometimes they'll renew it. Like you've got like Sherlock, who at this point, which I, I adore Sherlock, but at this point you can tell they've run out of ideas and they don't want to do it anymore. But the BBC keeps giving them huge amounts of money to come back. <laughs> so, yes. So it's like I guess we'll tell this story now. Like they were done, but it's like well I guess we'll come back and do it again. And then we're gonna do this, and now we're gonna do this. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. What is one thing that you're into that others might find surprising? I am really, really good at building things. Um, I was a daddy's girl in that my father took me with him. My father build, would build fences and gates and barns and decks, and I grew up on a horse ranch. And so I, I took all that. I, I, was, I just soaked all that up. And so now I can pretty much do – I'm not so good with electrical work because I'm afraid I'll shock myself. But if you wanted me to like reinstall a door, like I could put the jam in and everything. Like I'm really like handy. 
<laughs> so when people get stuff, like when they're like, I, will, I you know, I want to get something, but, you know, the only thing I can get is from Ikea, and then you have to put it together. I, I'm like, I'll put it together. Like, I enjoy putting flat pack furniture together. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so satisfying. <laughs> and especially, like, like I said, I, I, I have OCD, so... It's not debilitating OCD. It's just more like things things satisfy me that wouldn't satisfy other people. But when you have you have only six screws and at the end it's up and you've used all the screws, it's like somebody buy me a drink. I am successful. Like this works. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. I can do anything. <laughs> That's awesome. One of my one of my favorite memories was I had just moved into uh, an apartment in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and I had. All my I- Ikea furniture, my Ikea futon, my bed, my dresser, everything. And I called up one of my friends, and she comes over, and I'm like, you just sit there and talk to me. We're going to open up a couple bottles of wine, and I'm going to put together all this furniture. So she comes over. We're all set up. And then I was like, okay, I've got all these tools. Do we have a corkscrew? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a corkscrew. No! So, it was it was a great opportunity to meet my neighbors because I was like, I'm gonna I'm finding a damn corkscrew. I'm I'm, I'm not. <laughs> so met all my neighbors. I was like, can I borrow a corkscrew? I I have taken a kitchen knife and and just cut a cork up and oh, just yeah. stuffed it down into the bottle. And then it's like, well, there's bits of cork. I'm like, that's what coffee filters are for. <laughs> the coffee filter, like it needs to breathe anyway. Like this is six dollar wine. Yeah, DIY. <laughs> I just exactly. DIY'd this coffee filter. Exactly. <laughs> like we could, I can fix that. Like just get it open. Like we can, we can get all the bad stuff out of it. Like that's not a problem. <laughs> so I, I feel that like DIYing should be your superpower. But if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Well, um, I, I have actually put a lot of thought into this because. <laughs> Everyone like because we have these discussions all the time. In fact, on my last episode, that was the the game question that I asked everybody was that if they had a superpower, but just for one day, um, which limited, which which changes everyone's answer. But for me, honestly, it would be being able to speak every language and then in turn understand every language. Um, I I find like it, it, have you ever seen the movie A Fish Called Wanda? Yes, a long time ago. So there's a there's a the Jamie Lee Curtis's character in that movie, like whenever she heard anyone speaking another language, it like really like super turned her on. And it was like this big, like aphrodisiac to her. And I don't know if that movie did that to me or if I or just naturally I had that too. But, um, <laughs> I, I love foreign languages. I love to hear other languages being spoken. Um, I love to be able to pick up on certain things. I said, I know a little bit of Spanish. I know a tiny bit of Japanese. I know a little bit of German. Um, and so anytime I get to hear those sorts of things, I think I just, I'm, I'm like, shut up. Somebody's speaking another language. I want to hear it. And so the ability to be able to then understand what's being said and then communicate with other people is just really just something that would, I think, be super fascinating, number one. And number two, I think it'd be very helpful. Oh, yeah. Um, especially if you travel a lot. Yeah. Like, I just, I think that that would be, that would be sort of, you know, just like a really, just a really cool thing to have because, I'm already pretty strong. Um, you know, like I don't really want to fly. I'm afraid of heights. So like, <laughs> being invisible doesn't interest me. Like, I'm like, yeah, I want to be able to understand. I really want to understand what, you know, the the Vietnamese ladies at my nail salon are saying. Like that would really be like I just kind of want to know like are you talking about my feet? 
Like, <laughs> I think you are. I can't tell, but you know, once I get my superpower, I'll be able to say, hey, <laughs> quit talking about my feet. Quit talking about my feet. What's funny is that my um my Vietnam my my favorite Vietnamese nail salon guy um his name is Kenny. Yes. <laughs> I don't actually think his name is Kenny. I don't think his mother's family calls him Kenny, but that is how he represents himself to me, and that is what I will call. That's what I call it. But yeah, I thought that was I was just thinking that I'm like oh. my nail guy's name is Kenny. It's okay, I know him. We all know <laughs> all each other. Kiddies, all the kitties know each all other. The yeah. Know each other. Uh, uh, and I, I actually do really like that superpower. It's actually, um, in that same vein, I'm just thinking right now, I wish I could have the power to communicate. I want to be able to tell people things and for them to interpret it how I want them to interpret it. Cause, I see, yeah. How many times are you talking to somebody and you say something and they take it in a very different way than you thought they would? <laughs> Right, right. No, absolutely. That so, would be that would be good. That would be my current superpower that I would want to have. Thank you for sharing um, all that awesome nerd stuff with us. We're gonna switch a little bit to the health and fitness side uh, that we discussed a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. So, what is your current attitude towards fitness? So, um, I <laughs> when when you first brought this in this. Uh, questionnaire to me i was like oh crap i haven't done anything fitness related in a while um i uh was doing a lot of 5ks a year and a half ago and i was like hooray i did all these 5ks and i then stopped doing them and fell out of it and then right now i'm at a point where i'm right i'm getting ready to get back into to caring about fitness and when i say caring about fitness i'm caring about my health um, I am a, a large woman who's over, who's six foot two, six foot two inches tall. I'm never going to like fit into any kind of national beauty standard, if that makes any sense. Like it's not, I, and I also, I'm, I'm actually quite muscular. So I'm not going to ever, like, I'm going to be more of a she-hulk at my absolute prime than like a supermodel. So for me, my, my, my attitude toward fitness is I just want to be able to go up a long flight of steps and not die. I want to, I want to, to be healthy and I want to, to, you know, in, increase my lung capacity, get my heart rate up, those sorts of things. And so <clears throat> the problem is I haven't done anything in the past year. I mean, you know, excuses, excuses, but I had two major family health problems. My mother had cancer and we went through all, uh, colon cancer. Mm-hmm. We were going through all that before Christmas. And then, um, earlier in the year, my father was having, these terrible strokes and seizures and you know, detached retinas, all this kind of stuff was like giving me a reason not to care about my fitness. And last year, for the first time in my life, I came down with asthma. I have environmental asthma. I live in a, a uh, I live basically below ground at this point. And I have an, an asthmatic reaction to mold and mildew, which okay. I can't, yeah, I can't get rid, I can't get rid of the mold and mildew until I move. And I'm not in a position to move where I want to move right now. So, I basically just kind of have to take a Claritin every day and and get used to it. But I probably in about October I went to uh, start. There's a, a park that I run around, and I within ten minutes had my first asthma, like actual asthma attack, and it was terrifying. And I have an inhaler and everything, but it just it was very limiting to be like, oh my god, like this is really like now pollen affects me and just all kinds of things I've never had to deal with. I've never had an allergy before 
or any of that sort of stuff. But I'm a pretty healthy person. Never had a broken bone or a cavity or anything. And so this was really detrimental. I'm like, how do people live like this? <laughs> like, you know, like people have a much worse problems and do and do you know way more things. So my attitude to fitness right now is that I am at probably the least fit I have ever been. Not necessarily in terms of weight, but just in terms of just I I, I have done a whole lot of sitting and nothing much more. Um, and so I have have made efforts and steps to to ramp that back up uh, for the upcoming spring and summer season and and sort of get back into it. So, yeah, so my attitude right now is like, I am at zero. So I need to, and by the end of the summer, I want to be at about five. So. That's a, that's a very, if we're talking about a scale from one to ten, that's a very, that's a big increase. Well, I, like I said, my baseline, even, no matter how much I weigh, I'm relatively healthy. Um, I've never, like, my cholesterol's perfect, my blood pressure's perfect, like, every, all my levels and all that sort of stuff are perfect. Um, it's just the more sedentary I get and the older I get, I'm 38. So now if I sleep on my arm wrong, I pay for it for like three days. And there's something that tells me if I were more active, it might not be three days. It might be just that morning I would pay for it. Like I'm starting to notice my recovery times are, are tripled and I, it can't not be because I'm not active. Being active could only help that. And, you know, and, and, and keep, and keep things kind of, kind of where they are and where they're at. And I mean, and you lose weight as a result of that. So that, you know, would be an added benefit. But I, I don't even think I have a scale now because I judge by clothes fitting. Um, also because I'm a woman. Um, at any one given point, I can gain 10 pounds of water in three days <laughs> just by doing nothing. So <laughs> just being like, I haven't peed in two days. Oh, I'm a woman. And, you know, pretty soon this, you know, I, I will, I will be celebrating that once again, I'm not pregnant. It's more about, it's more for me about the, the movement and the health aspect as opposed to the, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds before the end of the summer. No, absolutely. Because that, 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 that'll, that'll happen naturally if I'm, if I'm moving more. I certainly can't gain, like, I certainly can't, certainly can't, can't get less healthy by yeah. around and getting back into the cardio aspect. Yeah. And I personally think that's a great healthy attitude. And right. I think the world would actually be a happier place if everybody had that sort of attitude about their lives, their health and fitness. Right. So I definitely think, number one, I wish you luck. And if Thank there's you. anything I can do to help or encourage you along the way, um, I'll be more than happy to. And oh, that's sweet. if you get back into 5Ks or running things like that, I'm pretty sure... If you ever want to run a race together, if you're ever out in L.A. or if I'm ever out in North Carolina, I'll be your running buddy. Oh, that'd be cool. I I appreciate that. I I had a lot of fun at the the 5Ks. I don't want to I don't want to get too much out of step with the with the questions, but I did the Warrior Dash in uh, the summer of 2014. Mm-hmm. And I know you 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 do lots of what is it? You do the the Tough Mudder yes stuff. So the Warrior Dash isn't as bad as the Tough Mudder, but I went out there just, it was, it was at the, my end cap. It was the last 5k I was going to run for that year. And I have, am, even though I'm, I'm over six feet tall, I am terrified of heights, terrified of heights. I can't climb ladders. I get like, it's, 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 a, it's an actual phobia. And I had no idea that so many of the obstacles were as high as they were. Oh, oh no. <laughs> And so there were a lot of things where I would try and I would, I would do the work. I would get up one side of the wall 
but I couldn't. I was so, I was crying. I was so afraid. I couldn't swing my leg over <laughs> to get over it because that was like that was the height. I was like, no, I can't. I'm st- I'm stuck. And so I would climb up one side and I would just climb down and go around it because <laughs> I couldn't do it. And I was with my my good friend Paris, who who's on my show a lot, and she's just like she's like small and just can do it. She can fly through the air. She's going up these crawl like tall net things at the top of the sky like stuff like i couldn't even watch her do one of the things that was making me ill to see her that <laughs> so so yeah it was one of those roles like well, I was, but i got to the end of it i got in the little the little mud pit and i just wanted to stay in there a it was really nice and cool <laughs> <laughs> and because of the substrate you know that the mud was i just i just was suspended Standing up, like just suspended in it. Like I didn't have to move or anything. I didn't even try to float. I just was suspended in the mud. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is where I die. Like this is, <laughs> this is it. Like I can't climb out of this pit. Like forget it. I don't need to climb out of this pit. I did the, I did the warrior dash. I'm done. Um, <laughs> I'm done. I'm just gonna stay here in this mud. Floating. It's just, it's, it was so nice. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. I'm like, I know I understand what pigs are into. Like I get it. <laughs> it felt so nice and cool and just, it was like a nice cool hug on a hot summer day. It was great. But, um, but so, so no, I, I appreciate if we ever do that, it will be just regular 5Ks, just like running in the street somewhere as opposed to having to climb anything crazy or go through like a barbed wire tunnel, um, which I totally ripped my pants on and I didn't care. I just <laughs> around the rest of the day with like a big hole across my butt. I'm like, whatever. That's Fence good. one, pants zero. I don't care. <laughs> Where's my free beer, Warrior Dash? <laughs> Where's my beer, Warrior Dash? When in your life did you experience uh, a failure? Well, this is I, this this question was interesting to me because, and not to be too t-shirt quote about it, but I I guess I experience failure a little bit every day, but I don't look at it as failure. I look at it as it's an opportunity to, to change course. Like I I do things. I've tried to I I own an LLC and I have lots of. DBAs doing businesses as under that LLC of businesses that will never work. <laughs> but I, I, you know, registered all the domain names. I tried, like, and, and then when I get to the end of it, you know, and, and I realize this isn't viable or this isn't viable right now, it's a failure. But the stuff that I learned forming that business or doing the research, like at one point I was going to, um, with a friend of mine, we were going to do uh, very offensive T-shirts. Um, but like, really, but like high art, but like offensive, like bondagey kind of, like the sort of thing like you, your mother wouldn't want you to wear to her house, but you would feel really cool at like a nightclub wearing. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, something, you know, something that was just that somebody somewhere would have a problem with and we would hope, hopefully end up on Good Morning America trying to defend ourselves. Like that was the goal. <laughs> and like we did everything like we got, we, you know, I I found the prices for the different for the shirts. I got the logos made. Like we, you know, I invested all this money into it. And at the end of it, um, could not find anyone to do the art like we wanted. And then she buggered off and moved away, and you know, had other things going on in her life. So then I took her off the company. And it was just me. And like I'm sitting there with all this potential. Like I have all these sketches, like, and I can tell, like, this is a good idea. Like, I'm a consumer. I would buy this. Like, then this doesn't exist anywhere, and but I cannot find anybody to to, to draw it like I want it. Who also didn't want ten thousand dollars? Like that was the other thing too. And I don't want to oh, get into yeah. work about how much art costs. I get it, um, but I don't have that kind of money to spend. So, 
you know, it was it was very much like I just kind of had to get to a point where I was like, this isn't going to work right now. You know, I still have all the same domain names. I still have all the, you know, all that sort of stuff. I've kept it. But, you know, I, I look at the end of that and, yeah, the business itself failed. But the amount of stuff I learned just getting from A to B, I use every single day in my business now that does work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, my marriage was a failure, but I didn't want to be there. Like, <laughs> so, like, it's like, oh, you know, people, you know, I have to give my marital status now. I say divorce. You know, there are people like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, why? did you Have you met him? Like, why would you, why would you be sorry? <laughs> it's a thing that didn't work. It's fine. Um, I, I think I feel sorry for people who aren't trying new things and who aren't failing or who aren't like I, I like to have 10 or 15 ideas going at one time, knowing that only one of them will ever really, truly work, hopefully. But the fun I get out of doing those other nine things, even if they ultimately never come to fruition, screenplays, um, you know, are, you know, RPG games that I haven't finished, like, you know, like things, things that I went into with the best creative intentions to me is still valuable, even if I don't get to show anyone ever, even if I don't get to ever make any money from it. It's still the process of doing it was so valuable. And you, and you, you just, you just build on that sort of stuff. Even when I was, I was re I was laid off back in 2011 from a pretty sweet job. And, you know, the first day I'm there like crying, like, Oh my God, I'm, I have no job. I'm a, just this huge failure. I gave up all this money. Like, Oh, woe is me. And then the next day when I woke up, I said, I don't have to get back to that place ever again. <laughs> this is a success. Like I have done nothing, but I, and I, I took that, that time when I was there with them for three years working to learn about that sort of business and to learn about marketing and to do that sort of stuff. And so I hit the ground running saying, what do I, what can I take from what I've learned? Marketing wise, what contacts do I still have just through this, you know, through working with that business? What can I use? What can I take to the next thing I want to do? And so every time something of mine that I want to try fails, I just, you know, chalk it up to what can I take from that experience and put towards the next project? Because I, I would hate to ever get to the end, you know, like I would hate to ever be like, well, you know, I've done 100 episodes of my show, so might as well shut it down. Yeah. You know, I would, I would hate to ever get to the end of something and it not work, um, or, or get to, or get to the end of something and it worked and then just be finished and have nothing new to try or nothing new to, to go forward from. So failure is just an opportunity to, to do something different. No, absolutely. And I honestly, we could have another hour long conversation about everything you just said. A, I think that if you, I think we have an issue in our society that failure means defeat. Yes. And that's not necessarily what it means. I mean, I try to make failing a habit that way it no longer scares me. Right, that's a good that's a good point. And if you never one of the things that I to to sound very t-shirt or very bumper stickery, if you're not failing, you're not thinking big enough. Right. That's a good that that's a really good way to look at it. And, and when you say your your marriage failed, I just wanted to to throw this out there, especially because uh, you have a dating podcast. <laughs> it's we define a successful relationship by one party dies, right? <laughs> and it's just it's I've never had a failed relationship, 
because every relationship I was in, I learned something and I made myself better for the next person or even just for myself. Right. And I know some of my friends are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, you've never had a failed relationship. What about that one girl? And I'm going right. to be like, you guys are missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I say it all the time on my show. All your relationships will fail until the last one you're in. They're all failures until the very last one that you're in. Oh, yeah. Because because, I mean, you know, the only the only true end to your life is death. And so if you or, you know, and, and like you said, like the other person's death, like, you know, like it's a it's a it's a process. And we no longer like I don't know exactly how old you are, but I I say this all the time with with my generation and the, the younger generation I hang out with. The 2.5 kids in the white picket fence is no longer in our future. That was, you know, something that our parents wanted and a lot of our parents got and sort of set up. But as we can see, that doesn't necessarily work in a capitalist economy. And that's not where our goal should be. Yeah. Our goal, our, our goal should be to make our, to, to be as fulfilled in our own lives without being selfish assholes to other people. Like as fulfilled as we can be doing the things that we enjoy, having just enough money to where we feel secure or just enough money to do the things that we want to do. Or, you know, and things you want to do might be send your kid to college. I'm not having kids, so I don't know what that's like, but like, you know, like having, you know, doing what you love, making sure that everyone around you is, is taken care of, but not some sort of like lofty goal of, 401ks and all that kind of stuff. I see my friends like fretting over like their 401ks and those kind of things. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I can't be bothered. You know, I will say for my retirement, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to really and truly restrict my life now for a potential life that I may never get. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I can get hit by lightning. Like it's a possibility. I'm usually the tallest thing around. Like, <laughs> you know, like someone could try to kill me. I mean, like it, there's all kinds of ways I might not make it you know, to be 70 years old. But in the meantime, you know, I, I think about it. It's on the, it's on the horizon. Also not having kids. I know I'm going to be on my own. Like, so I know, or, you know, or at least just me and one other person. So like, it's something that I got to think about, you know, and you have to be safe and those sorts of things. But, you know, you can't, you can't, the, the way that we were brought up to think like what our lives should be like, you know, by by 30, you should have this and by 40, you should have that. And by 50, you should be done with everything. And now you're ready to go travel the world, travel the world now, because you don't a know you're going to make it to 50 and b that we no longer have that sort of trajectory for, oh, yeah. for our lives. It just it's just it isn't, you know, it's just it's not in the cards for us. And I think that that's fine. I think that people need to do things that make them happy and people need to it's OK if, if someone's family doesn't look like mine. That's fine. Oh, absolutely. And I, I actually had a little bit of a funny in my head when you were like the 2.5 kids. I'm like, I think nowadays we're all aiming for 2.5 divorces. No, absolutely. <laughs> I always say like, who's going to be the next Mr. Kelly Hightower? With all your, you, you mentioned earlier that you had all these ideas and you're a bit of a starter, all these DBAs. Mm-hmm. So do you have a mantra or motto that kind of, focuses you to that helps you keep your starterness there's there's i there there are two one of them is one that i took for from um actually rupaul i'm i'm big into drag queens and and gay nightlife (laughs) and new york city like i'm just i'm i'm into it and uh one of the things that uh, he always says is what other people think of me is none of my business 
And I think that that's a really like it, it. What other people think of you is none of your business because it's got nothing to do with you, and it has everything to do with them. And in and in in reverse, everything you think about other people has to do with you, and what what you're actually having to deal with. So when when I see people basically talking crap about others. I mean, unless it's a legit, like the other person's legitimately a horrible person, but if there's like, you know, like, <laughs> like racism and like things that are, you know, like things that are, that are really unfounded, um, you know, that, that, that it says volumes about the person who's the racist and nothing about the person that the racist against. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's my mantra. Like if I could pick one, um, the other one is, uh, something that I say all the time and don't know that I say it. And so other people have, have sort of picked up on it as like, this is your motto. It's called, I do what I want. I have a real problem with authority. <laughs> it's so much so that like, I'll go to a set of double doors and it says, please use other door. And in my mind, I go, I use whatever fucking door I want. Like, I really have <laughs> that level of uh, problems with authority. I'm very reactionary against authority, even when it isn't an actual authority or it has nothing, or it isn't menacing me or has anything to do with it. And so I do end up saying a lot when when people are like, "Oh, I can't believe you're gonna do that." I go, "I do what I want." Like I just, I do. Hey, I do what I want. Like it's that sort of very Cartman esque. Like, it's, it's my high body. I'll do what I want. Like so. So apparently that is that is my motto. Whether I like it or not, it's my subconscious motto that other people have pointed out to me that I was not aware that I was saying out loud. <laughs> That's excellent. On in. In that same line of thinking, what gets you up in the morning? What gets you up and moving and, you know, moving forward with all these business ideas or mating habits or anything like that? I basically wake up every morning with the thought of how can I make other people laugh, which I either try to do through my show or, like, sending people a text, sending them, like, a message or something. Um, so it's how can I and, – and that's – or how can I laugh? I, I kind of want to, I, I find lots of things funny and I kind of <laughs> want, I want to make other people laugh and I also want to laugh on my own. And then here recently, um, I, I inherited the, the business that I run right now. Um, and so it is, it, I wake up every morning and it's always my drive to who's going to send me checks today. Like how, how can I make this business the best business? That I can do, and and what I do is I'm a, a freelance court reporter, so it's a very niche sort of legal okay, field, yeah. legal field thing, and so it's, you know, I, I'm it's it's a constant. How can I get more clients? How can I do better for my clients? How can I, you know, get in, in some in some sort of untapped court reporting scheme, like so I can <laughs> I can make more money because I, it, it having my own financial independence has been a lifesaver to me and, and has, has given me a lot of perspective on, it's got to be a lot of perspective on a lot of things. Actually, I used to really, really hate like really super rich guys who were mediocre looking at best, like, you know, being with like really attractive, you know, usually much younger women. And it used to be like, Oh, they're only with you for your money. Like, and, and of course, once again, that was all about my feelings of inadequacy. They didn't even know I was talking to them. Um, <laughs> you know, that was just that, that me, me having that opinion is about me. But now that I am at the age I am, I have no need to like have a kid. Like I have no biological clock. I have nothing but time. 
and my uh, relationship to the way that I view and feel about sex at a point now where I'm, where I'm making my own money and I'm doing pretty well. I'm like, I really deserve younger men. Like I really, in my mind think that like, and then I draw back and go, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, well, and, then, <laughs> and then have you ever thought, do you remember when you were 20 having sex with a 20 year old and how bad it was? I don't know. I've had some really bad sex here lately with late 30 year olds. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which is why I think that your podcast is so important because <laughs> I was talking about this with another friend of mine and I said, why are men having this age having such a problem, you know, with their erections? And, and he was like, they do no cardio. He's like, they really and truly sit behind a desk all day. And I was like, that can't be it. And then the that, more and more I think about it, I'm like, ah, that actually might be it. Like they're not actually doing anything active. Like they're not actually exercising or it, I mean, not even really getting up and walking around the room. And so of course they're not going to be able to, you know, throw me around a room and knock my train off its track. Like <laughs> they don't have to. That is the greatest <laughs> phrase I've ever heard for <laughs> for sex. That's that's what I'm looking for. Like I don't like I don't like Tinder. Tinder is, you know, well, Tinder's an app, but being Tinder is, you know, something that you do at the movies when it's time to get down. Like, let's get down. But, but yeah, so, so for me, I'm, and here's the other thing. I'm also at a point now where I, I, I'm so confident, like someone will knock me off the side horse soon, but I'm so confident that I'm like, I might need two. Oh. I might need, I'm like, what if I dated twins? Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I think I'm going to be in front of a step and repeat, like with, with really hot twin guys. <laughs> like it's like causing a big stir in the community. Like these are things that are never gonna happen. But in my mind, like that's where I'm at. I'm like, you know, I pay my I pay my own bills. I make my I make good money. Like this is this is like a, a treat for myself. And then I realize like, oh my god, that's what these other that's what those guys I always hated. This is where they're at. And so now I kind of see it from their perspective. It's still terrible and horrible and not be. It shouldn't be the way things are. <laughs> And it probably will never come to fruition with me because that sounds like a lot of work. But <laughs> the fact that in my mind I'm entertaining it, like in my mind I'm like, yeah, I might deserve to, guys. Like that's – I get it. Like I understand. You're, you're, you're giving – and <laughs> forgive me. You're giving men way too much credit. <laughs> that is probably true. That is probably true. Like I think, I think that you could find two guys – even without making very much money, that are down for whatever you want. No, well that's well that I think is is the great the great universal trick to to what I try to do on my show. It's it is easier for women to find men because men you're right most men will do whatever they're just okay that sounds great yeah <laughs> and so um a lot of time you know when when. I talk to women and they're like, yeah, like I really, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for a geeky guy. I'm like, well, then you need to go up and speak to him because he'll go home with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you, if you wait, if you wait around for him to make the first move, you are not going to get that guy because yeah. he's terrified and he doesn't want to get embarrassed and he doesn't, he, he has no confidence and he, he could, like you could, you could instill that in him, but you're going to have to go make the first move. Um, and yeah, I, at my at my heaviest weight, I never I never have problem I never have problem getting getting uh, men to I mean I live an hour away from everyone I live kind of isolated, but I'm like yeah I could call up I, I have a list of people I could call up <laughs> yeah I'll be like Do you want to and they'll be like I'll be there in 45 minutes <laughs> but I but, but I'm speeding a girl. is bad exactly 
like, you know, but I mean, and I, and I get that, that there's a privilege to that. I, I do, I understand that, but no, the, the twins I want to date have to be like supermodel twins. So like, it has to be. Like, oh, okay. Okay. There you go. Yeah, so there's there's my there's my I'm putting a limit on it, so I won't actually try to do it. Um, <laughs> oh god, I love it. Oh, I love it. But yeah, so that's <laughs> and, and and what's what's hysterical is that 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 I don't know about your audience, but saying stuff like that on my show, I rile some people up saying stuff like that. They get really upset when I get <laughs> when I get like that and say things like. I feel like I deserve to make like, really mad, and I'm like, it's a joke, almost. Like, it's for the laughs, unless you have a twin and would like to send. <laughs> unless you are a supermodel set of twins, and then my email is exactly. Here's how you can find me. Like, it's fine. Oh gosh. All right. Let's move. Let's move to current events. All right. So, what did you do to work out nerd out this week? So, I love this hashtag, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, I, so, I'm like, okay, so I have a gym membership. The gym that I have a membership to is an hour from my house, because I make the best decisions. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a very cheap gym membership, but still, I'm like, I called them, I'm like, this is an auto-renew, does it? Like, <laughs> I, I signed for the year. Um, I am one of those people, if you give me any excuse not to exercise, I'll take it. Like, any excuse. Like, it's cloudy outside. Like, I saw a bat around here earlier. Like, anything. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to go outside. I'm not going to do it. So I was like, I need to find something that I can do in the house. Very much like jazzercise. Like, very much like just I – because just, I just need to move. I just need to move around. Because I, I, I've said this before, but I, I actually have really nice muscle tone. It's just under a layer of fat. Like, I <laughs> – because I do a lot of physical things, I just don't do any cardio. So I, you know, I carry lots of heavy things, just kind of heaving myself around. I've got amazing thigh muscles, like my my quads are insane. But that's because I've had to carry myself around. <laughs> so I just need to get the cardio going. And so the people who make P90X have come up with this like. It's not hip hop dancing. It's just dancing. It's not even complicated dancing. Like I took a Zumba class once. I almost died. So the, there's a the P90X people have done something called Size, um, C I S C I Z E, and it's dance moves, but they're not none of them are crazy. It's just a constant. They get your heart rate up and then they keep it up. And and so I've been I've been do, I mean like literally started doing it Monday, and Monday night I could not get through the first 30 minutes. It was so intense. I was sweating. I had to use my inhaler. It was a lot. And so gradually it's going to be one of those things I just have to you know keep up with you do it six days a week um for a a half hour and you every like three there's three there's a you do one of the of the cd or dvds for three days then they increase it for the next three days and they have different ways for you to like you know monitor yourself or whatever so it's it's fun and it's something that i think i'll i can stick with because i don't have to put i I do do it with no barefoot like i don't even have to go i don't have to put on a sports bra because i'm at home so it's it's not there's nothing preventing me from doing it um, so so far that's that's worked, that's but yeah, awesome. yeah that's my that's my new thing, and it's not really it's not back to me not taking authority. <laughs> I had I had to I had to really like do research before I bought it. It was not very expensive. It was like sixty bucks for the whole set of of CDs and stuff. I mean they're trying to sell you shakes and things with it, but you don't have to do that. Um, and but I had to see the instructors. 
because I cannot stand like that yelling boot camp type and inst- like fitness instructor. Oh yeah. I'll I'll fight somebody. Like I'm not above it. <laughs> like I will I will throw a punch. Like don't scream at me. Don't, you know, call me a name and, you know, don't – and I also don't like a whole lot of, like, you can do it because there's some things I can't do. Like, I remember being in, in tumbling class in school, and I was – by the time I was 13, I was already six feet tall. And so they'd be like, do a somersault. And I'm like, I can have scoliosis. Like, I can't do a somersault. <laughs> like, I'm an adult size now. You know, like, do a handstand. And there's all these, like, 90-pound people around me are doing handstands. And I'm like, I don't see a need for me to ever do a handstand. I'm from Viking stock. Let me throw an axe. Like that. Would be, <laughs> I don't ever want. I'm never gonna do karate to get out of anything. Like <laughs> I'm not built that way. I'm built to go through stuff, not to jump over it or around it. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I don't like that whole. It's only people screaming at me. Like I, you know, we if if you're gonna scream at me, we either gotta fight or fuck. Like that's my rule. Like this, <laughs> this is gonna end one of two ways. <laughs> that's a very very. Um unique way of updating the flight or fight exactly exactly like that, that's that's where i'm at with it like when people's like <laughs> like if i get into like heated arguments which i don't often but if i get into a heated argument with somebody like there's this like intense sort of like yelling and then in the back of my mind i'm like are we gonna kiss like i just, <laughs> i'm like this could go down like this <laughs> so so yeah, so that that's what I've been working on this week, and hopefully I'll be able to to stick with it. I think I should. It's it seem it's fun, it's hard, but I I need hard. If it if something starts out too easy, I'm gonna be like, oh, well, if you know, it's just 15 minutes of jumping jacks. That's no big deal. I can skip it. See, with this, you can't skip any of it, or you'll fall way behind. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, excellent. I wish you luck. And again, anything we can do to help out with that, let us know. And keep Thanks. us updated on your progress. I will. I definitely will. I find the, the one of the most effective things in keeping any sort of any sort of promise, but definitely if, uh, to keep yourself accountable for fitness is having someone who you're accountable to. No, definitely. Yeah. So one fitness thing that I did this week, I'm trying to think of something that I changed or did. I've been to the gym pretty regularly this week, and I was really proud of myself. And mm-hmm. my nerd out this week is I just finished Fuller House. Oh my god, did you love it? Um, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you love how much Stephanie's changed? <laughs> oh, how much she grew up? Oh yeah. Um, no, I, I, I hated the show in the beginning. Like the first four or five episodes, six episodes, I thought were horrible. It really kind of I kind of started to like it towards the end. Yeah. I just really hated... Have you watched it, I'm assuming? Yeah, I hate watched it. Like, now I, <laughs> yeah. I now want to see what happens. <laughs> no, I I hated what they did to Steve. Yeah. And they just turned him into kind of a... I was like, he's not any real competition. It's all... Like, Steve is the Fuller House in Fuller House. He's only there... For nostalgia, and it's the only reason DJ's keeping him around. She hate dated him. Yes. Oh my God, <laughs> that's such a good assessment. Because <laughs> I agree, there was no competition. Like oh, there yeah. was no, like no, like if she'd wanted to be with Steve, she'd have stayed with Steve. Anyone else? Chime in in the comments because you know I'm right. That that is 
<laughs> that might be like the biggest breakthrough of this decade. Like, oh God. Speaking of really funny things having to do with sex and dating, um, at the same time Fuller House was released, Pornhub released Full Holes. <laughs> Way to go, Pornhub. Which was the porn parody. I have not watched it yet, but I did watch the uh, Safe for Work trailer, and it was absolutely hysterical. Oh, God. I, I love porn parodies now. Porn oh, parodies so in the past, the past ten years, especially with the Pirates of the Caribbean when starting it off, have been amazing. Like, they're oh, really, yeah. they're they're really good. good. They're really good. All right. On I, – I, I don't want to keep you – we've been talking for over an hour and a half, and I know that you have a life that is outside of me. I don't know why. <laughs> but, me either at this point. The Fuller House thing's blown my mind, like, honestly. <laughs> about – since we were on the topic of sex dating and now obviously pornography, tell us a little bit more about mating habits of the modern geek. So – I originally started off on a podcast um, with a friend of mine, and he uh, he owns a gaming store, like a, a nerd store, and we were going to do product reviews. It was my first taste of podcasting, um, other than podcasts I listened to, and so I got real. I, I really was enjoying it, and so I said, "Hey," at the time I was single, and I was doing all this dating, and I was like, "I've got some really funny dating stories," and he was like, "Yeah, nobody cares," Aww. and I'm like, "But, but." No, it would be funny. And he's like, you know, it's just, it's not, nobody will care about that. It's not, people don't like to listen to stuff like that. And it's not really on brand. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. And so then I went off and made my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and said, so I'll show you. Um, most, most of my successes come from me trying to prove somebody wrong. So, <laughs> so yeah, so, so I let my haters be my motivators. Um, so, so I, uh, so I started it. Basically, as an alternative to a lot of the pickup artist type stuff that was going on at the time, I had a lot of single guy friends who were buying into that BS about like, you know, that Mr. E guy was talking about like, you know, he's, you know, wearing a top hat and a feather boa into a into a club. And he's like, I'm going to, you know, all these women are going to want to go home with me. And it's like gross. And a lot of my guy friends, because they don't know, I mean, they don't know any different. Like, this guy seems to be, you know, surrounded by women. And so they were reading that stuff, and of course it wasn't working for them. Because it's not, A, I, I you know, tell them, don't go to bars. Your people are not there. But it's like that's, like, way next-level stuff. Like, don't, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to go there and be by yourself and hate yourself. But I wanted to sort of be funny and talk about all the crazy stuff that happens to me. Because crazy stuff tends to happen to me. <laughs> and, and then, but I also wanted to, to kind of be helpful in the community. So came up with Mating Habits of the Modern Geek and we started off our first five episodes had like a theme, like we were, like we were building a character in like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And then like by the fifth episode, you had like leveled your character up and like you're ready to go out and like face the big boss, which I guess is girls. I don't know. Um, I have a huge, like, I, I would say my, I would say 40% of my listeners are women, which is interesting because I always talk about, like, I, I start off everything or all my topics basically are centered around hetero guys dealing with, he, you know, hetero to buy women. Like, never, I, I typically never go at it in the, in a girl way. Well, that sounded suggestive. Um, sometimes <laughs> I do, but no, I never, I never, you never gear the show towards, you know, being, being totally female. It has been, a wild ride, like the amount of, of 
people who are into it. It's just, it's, it's very humbling. I was, uh, well, the show was a, a key, a key speaker at a local convention. We've done panels at, um, like animazement, like, uh, like anime cons in, in our area and that sort of thing. Um, I get emails and direct messages on Twitter constantly <laughs> from people, which I love. I mean, I, I don't want to say that like I don't like it. I love it. But people like this thing happened to me. What would you do? Or look at my per- look at my OKCupid profile and tell me what I'm doing wrong. Or you know, really and truly, people who a lot of times just don't have the confidence or don't have the experience to know what doesn't work. And the base, the, the, the byline of the show basically is like, I can't tell you what works. I can tell you definitely what doesn't. These are things you should not do. And so hopefully it, it has been successful and hopefully, you know, people continue to like it. <laughs> Even though I said, like I said before, like we have to rehash a lot of the same stuff because A, we get new listeners all the time and, 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 and B, sometimes we get like new perspectives on, on typical, dating topics or, you know, we, we've thought about something a different way about something we presented before. We want to present it again. But I mean, there's only so many different topics you can have about like build your confidence, go talk to girls, be nice to girls. <laughs> yeah. That's a big one. And I, I hate to say it. It took me a, a, a little while to learn that one. What the be nice to girls. Yeah. How so? Were you like punching women? Like that's not cool. No, no. Oh goodness, no. Um, uh, dear. Wow, you you took that to a level I did not expect. <laughs> um, no. In in college and in law school, I was just just kind of disrespectful. And for for example, I would be sleeping with a girl. Mm-hmm. I would also happen to go hit on and try to sleep with another girl when eventually they find out about each other. It's, oh, how could you do that? Blah, blah, blah. Right. My immediate reaction would be, well, we weren't exclusive. Well, we never, we never said that I couldn't do this. I, I, I felt kind of douchey. Yeah. But I never acknowledged that even though we never had those conversations and even though we weren't exclusive and even though we weren't dating, my actions hurt somebody's feelings. Right. Whereas that could have been taken care of by having a conversation, hey, before we get intimate, before we have sex, what does this mean? Right. And it was my ignorance and it was just it was very disrespectful to the women that I was seeing at the time and it took me a little while to realize that that's not the way that I want to interact with other human beings right well when you when you were when when this was happening like in the moment when you you know were with girl A and then later on were with girl B did you and was it a surprise to you that girl A was upset, or did you always kind of know it? Is, is that what made you feel douchey about it was the fact that you, you knew she might have a problem with it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was like, yep, they're going to find out. Yeah. But, but I was I was lawyering myself in my head. I was like, yes. you've done nothing wrong because nobody ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, regardless of whether or not you're quote-unquote right, 
this person's feelings are still hurt. Right. People aren't going to remember what you did. They're not going to remember what you said, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. It, it's it's interesting that you say that because the, the my my audience tends to be like they wish they had the problem of sleeping with one girl and then another. Like they're like a lot of my audience has a problem of how do I get to a girl to talk to me? And I mean they're at that level. But I think it's some of the same sort of idea what you're just saying about what they remember. One of the big things that I've had to, to sort of drill into people's heads, we have what we call them will actuallys, <laughs> where, where they do the, where they want to correct somebody. And it's like, you know, if you're on a date with a girl and she says that Wookiees are from Indoor, but you know that they're from Kashyyyk, don't correct her. Because A, it doesn't matter because they're all made up and who cares? She likes Star Wars. Like, shut up. Like, what do you care? Like, what difference does it make? But this, this sort of in a lot of nerd culture, this this information is power. You know all. You know the difference between between a you know Vorcha and Kating you know Klingon ship. So you're better than someone who likes Star Trek but doesn't know that. And that works with boys, like straight boys sitting around comparing knowledge. Like that works. Like that's that you're comfortable there. But when you're dealing with with women or you're dealing with other people who aren't in that in your little inner circle. They don't remember that you opened the door for them or that you paid for dinner or that you had good conversation. All they remember was that time that you corrected them or all they remember was that time that, you know, they said something and you you felt the need to go, well, actually, it's this. And people don't like that. People feel corrected and they feel like you are valuing them less as a person or you think they're stupid. And so when they walk away from the date, the reason you don't get the second date is because you corrected them about something that didn't matter. At all, yeah. like you're missing, like you're missing the focus of the game. It doesn't matter that it's wrong. <laughs> like you can fight about that at your one year anniversary. Like <laughs> get get to the next step. Like don't quit cutting your, you know, quit cutting, shooting yourself in the foot right out of the gate. And so it's interesting that you know you're you're at a different operating level of confidence and the things that you're dealing with, but also it's about the fact that it won't matter what good things you did. Everyone, only thing anyone's going to remember about is, oh, that guy's an asshole because he did this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, I think that I find that interesting that no matter what level you're at, you're still <laughs> it's like yeah. the same basic rules apply. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I do think there's definite sexism issue in geek and nerd culture. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's you've got the stereotype of the girl walks into the comic book shop. And either everybody is silent and scared of her, or everyone is trying to see, oh, you say you like Star Wars, but do you really? Right. They, they gotta show you your geek cred. You have to, you have to take a test. Yeah. And I was like, I've called myself a nerd, and nobody's ever questioned it. And I right. guarantee you, I could not have told you Wookiees were from Kashyyyk. Right. I did know. And now I'm totally brain farting on oh the Ewoks are from Endor. See, I was right. totally I was totally <laughs> blanking on You're their names. You're not a real nerd. You're yeah. not real. <laughs> I'm not real. You're one of those fake geek guys they keep warning us about. Yeah, no, there no, there's huge sexism in the in the culture, which is so strange. There's I I feel especially with geeks and it's and it's it's something that I, I it's so special to me geekdom because I went the first like kindergarten through eighth grade 
being picked on, being excluded, being, you know, sitting by myself at lunch, like terrible. And then over the course of the summer, I got my contact lenses, I got my braces taken off, and I grew boobs, big boobs. And so I go into high school with a totally different outlook, and I start dating guys who are seniors, and my high school experience was much better. Now, is it shitty that people treated me differently because I look different? Of course, but that's society, and that I, I used it to my advantage, and I gained a lot of confidence, and I was able to meet different people and different, you know, aspects, and they became, you know, it, it was it was it was a good experience. So I've been on both sides of it. I've yeah. been the kid that was never invited to the kid who was invited to everything. I get it, but I think that for a lot of geeks, they get to be adults and you get to create your own environment. You get to be around the people that you want to be around. You don't have to deal with people you don't want to deal with anymore. And so then suddenly they get the power to exclude others. And it becomes almost like a drug to them. Oh yeah. The idea of you can't sit with us. Like it's a very mean girls thing. Like it's this very, and, and it happens all the time and like i've gone to i've gone to i i was trying to play um warhammer fantasy i don't know if you know if you're familiar with the with it's tabletop but it's little armies yeah i'm vaguely familiar okay so so i was like hey this will be a i like to paint miniatures this seems like a lot of fun but you, it's there's a lot of rules you have to kind of learn it you have to play it to learn it and so i'm like i show up to the local warhammer night at the game store and I'm like, hey, everybody, I've got a wood elf army. Who wants to play me? And, like, here I am. I'm, I'm a grown woman. And and I get they immediately are like, we don't want to play with you. You don't know what you're doing. You're just some girl. Like, you're just here. You're here for some ulterior motive. They always think there's an ulterior motive. Like, no girl could ever really be into it. There's a girl. She's trying, she's trying to trick them. I'm like, I don't want nothing of yours. Like, what are you what am I trying to trick you into doing? Like, like if I was going to trick somebody. I'm it's going to be those two twins. Exactly. It's going to be the supermodel twins who are lost. In fact, <laughs> let me go and help them. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, like, seriously. So, like, I, but even, even you know, at that point, I was incredibly confident. And, and you know, I had, been, I had been married before. Like, it was not a big deal for me to go in and meet new people and whatever. But I was shut down and shut down with such vitriol. Like, those men hated me. And I had spent close to $500 on this army. And luckily I had a friend at the time who played a, a compatible army and he's like, I'll teach you. Like just, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll teach you how to play the game. And then he and I went to a tournament and it took possibly out of the 30 men that I met there, cause they're all men except for me. Um, out of the, the 29 other people there, only one guy was nice to me. And he, he was like, cause I, cause I, this is, of course I'm going to get beat because I don't have the experience. Yeah. And so I'm there and I'm setting up my stuff and he, and he was like, so how many the times have you played? And I'm like, well, this will be the fifth time I've played the game. I was like, because they, none of those guys over there will play with me. And I was being very honest, you know, like, like can, how, how dumb of them. Can, can we pause right now and just oh, sure. that statement, none of them will play with me. Like yeah. you're dealing with that like now or a few years ago. And that is something that children say. I know. And, and it's just, it's mind boggling that there are adults that, I'm sorry, won't play with you. Those adults that won't, I'll play with you and whenever you want. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, but that, that's what I'm, I mean, that was what I was faced with. Now, if it hadn't been me, what if that had been a nice, sweet, cause not, I mean, none of the, none of those, uh, fantasy nerds wanted any of this. They couldn't handle it. I understand why they're intimidated <laughs> and scared. I would be too. But, 
And what was funny is we is the, the tournament that I was at. We dressed up. It was a you also got extra prizes if you wore a costume. And so the partner that I had, he he was like, I have a pirate costume, and I'm like, well, I've got a very sexy pirate costume. So I went there with like the corset and the boobs out, and I'm like, oh yeah, like I know you hate this nail. <laughs> Deal with it. But no, so yeah, so like so the so the the guy across the table, you know, he was he was like, what? Well, he's like, here's what we'll do. You set it up how you want to, because um, I told him, I said, if you, if, if, he's, he's like, I want to teach you how to play. And I said, I will forfeit to you, because I'm not going to win anyway. I said, I will forfeit to you if we can spend this three hours, you showing me what you know and showing me what it is I'm doing wrong. And so we, I would set up my stuff, and he would go, I would put this there, and I would have done that differently, and this is a really good start, or this is a really good idea. But, like, he was very helpful and very much a ambassador for the game and for the community, and I think that if you don't find those ambassadors, some, you know, some sweet, unassuming, you know, girl that would be perfect for any one of those lonely Warhammer guys who go home by themselves, if she had, you know, rolled up with her little army and been like, hey, everybody, and they'd be like, you can't sit with us, you can't play with us, she's not going to, to stick with it like I stuck with it. Because yeah. I was going to get my money's worth. Like, I was going <laughs> to get finished the tournament. And show them, but like she's not going to do that, and she might never come back to that gaming store again. And it's a huge problem in the community. And I don't think that I think that there's a lot of bitterness towards women. There's a lot of bitterness bitterness towards what society has sort of sold. A lot of these guys are cis white males. They've been told that if they get a job, and if they buy a car, that you know they just automatically get women. And they're angry because it's not happening. Because there's a little bit more to it than that. There's a little bit more finesse to it. And so that anger shows whenever a woman comes around is like, oh, hey, that's really interesting. What's that? Get away from me. You're trying to trick me. Yeah. Like it's, it's that sort of, you know, knee jerk reaction. And then they're emailing me like, how come I can't get any girls? Well, have you done any of these 10 things in the past week? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the reason. Have you have you worked at a GameStop? And every time I go in there and I buy a game, you remind me that it's for PS4, not Xbox. And want to make sure I know the difference. And <laughs> I want to tell you. <laughs> That I will, uh, I can, I, that you're gonna have to tell me how to remove PS, PS4s from your butt. I know the difference between a PS4 and an Xbox. This I'm a, every time I go into GameStop, you do realize this is for a PS4. You weren't looking for an Xbox One, were you? Son oh. of a bitch. Like, I know, <laughs> I know what game I'm, I'm getting. I'm a consumer. I know what I need. Thanks, buddy. And it's not like I walk up in there like like I'm wearing a sh- gaming shirt usually, or like, you know I have a Mass Effect coat. Like, it's like I don't yeah. I don't look like I'm not I do I look enough like a geek, like you know that they should just kind of be like oh there's the thing like I'll bring it back if it doesn't work. Like, you know? So so yeah, it, the sexism is a huge problem. I don't know the the answer to it. I mean I don't know how you change people's views that they have ingrained in them. I mean, but it, it's it is a big hindrance in in the geek world for women right now because women are are trying their best. Women are enjoying it. They're playing more games. They're going to all the movies. They're making all the buying decisions in the household. Like women are are here to stay. We want our Ray figures from Star Wars, and it's it's a constant struggle. It sucks. I mean, like it's not apartheid by any means, but it's, it's fucking annoying. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Then I. Like, I wish that I could have some sort of knowledge or experience with that, but honestly, as a cis white male, um, the only thing I can do is be empathetic towards yeah. the situation and not yeah. contribute to it. 
Well, I mean, and I think, well, I mean, if everybody did that, there wouldn't be a problem. I think that's a good thing to do. And also, I think guys just need to call out other guys. Um, guys in my friend group have started to do it, and it's actually really nice. The sort of, you know, guys will make, I don't care so much about, like, like rape joke, like big, big, scary, like rape and murder sort of things are big issues that, but I'm not worried that my friends are rapists or murderers. Like that sort of stuff isn't offensive to me. Except in fact, some of that stuff's really funny. Um, <laughs> even as it's as insensitive as that sounds, but I think that like, you know, like with the new Ghostbusters movie that's coming out, there's a huge uproar in my local group about like, just, you know, people thinking that their childhoods are being stolen and other people going, well, just don't go see the movie. And they're like, it's not the point. I have to be angry about the movie. And it's like, don't be, then don't go see it. Like, it's fine. They're not going to take your co- old copies of Ghostbusters away. Like, it's just, it's a thing. If you don't like it, don't go to it. But then it's, the, it's, the, they've got to call out all the people who do like it. And they've got to go through this long, here's why I think this is terrible. And it's a very negative sort of thing. And I'm like, <sighs> and they can't, they can't do it without talking about women in some way, especially with the Ghostbusters thing, because it is kind of a big part of it. And they always do it wrong. They always say what would say. I mean, like they don't say it the way that they, they know they meant it, but it, it comes out where basically girls can't fight ghosts. Like that's where it comes out with, with them, even though they're trying their best not to say that. And that's and I know that's not actually what they mean. It's how they go around and around themselves to not say it. And they end up saying it. Yeah. And it's just, I'm like, oh, just don't talk about this. You're making it worse. Like, just don't <laughs> talk about it. You're showing, you're trying to prove a point, and what you really are doing are alienating. Because a lot of these are other podcasters. Like, what you're doing is alienating people. <laughs> like, just if you don't, if you don't like it, or you don't want to, just don't talk about it. Like, oh, <laughs> bring no, absolutely. It up, bringing it up is going to make it worse. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what the long term solution for that is, other than women just coming in and taking over the whole damn thing, which is my plan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Like, come on, girls, we're going to take up all the tables in this Magic the Gathering thing until one of them lets us play with them. Save a, save a seat for me. I'm a good one. <laughs> You're one of the good ones. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let all the other women know. Oh, please do. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, just to give people a little bit more of a taste of uh, what mating habits is like, I asked you if we could play one of the mating habits games. Yes. And so we decided to play Bang to the Future. So I'm going to let you let every, uh, let everyone know what Bang to the Future is. So I have to give credit. This is this is a game that Sean Ryan, who often co-hosts with me, he, he has several shows, one of which um, was a show called Alpha Counter. And he came up with Bang to the Future. And Bang to the Future is you pick three uh, people who you wouldn't have sex with now. But if you could get in a time machine and go have sex with them when they were younger or at an earlier point in their lives, um, you would. And so, <laughs> so that's Bang to the Future. <laughs> I love it. Who are you not into now, but you would have been into 20 years ago? <laughs> so, so do you want me to? Do you want to go first, or do you want me to? You know, it's it's actually kind of sad because I actually had a harder time narrowing down the guys that I would do uh-huh. than the women. Uh, and I find that for two reasons. Number one, the sexism thing that we were talking about earlier, where men are essentially in Hollywood are allowed to get older. Yeah. And the reason it was, the reason it was harder for me to narrow down the guys is because I would do a lot of them when they were young, but not so much when they were old. The other reason is 
There's a lot of old actresses that I'd still bone. <laughs> it's it's you're not the only one. I've got a friend who only likes older actresses. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen him. <laughs> Oh. To see him like watching a show, or like you know, like you know, watching Helen Mirren do something, and like we're all watching it, like oh, she's an amazing actress, and I'm looking at him, and he's like, I'm going to be using this later. <laughs> oh, okay. When we decided to do this, my first thought was Helen Mirren, and I was like, no, I'd still do her. Like, absolutely, she's beautiful. She, oh gosh, yes. All right. <laughs> you you start. You begin. You're the guest. Okay. Okay. So. I um, tried to pick new ones and ones that I hadn't done before. And so I was looking over all my, like, favorite guys. One of my favorite guys um, to look at, <laughs> to possibly feel upon, is <laughs> David Boreanaz from Buffy. But I don't like him now. I don't like older David Boreanaz. <laughs> like, much younger David Boreanaz. Because he looks, there's, there was something about the Buffy age angel where he he hadn't gotten so big like he like he he and Nathan Fillion did this thing I don't know if it's anabolic steroids or what but they like they had like their youth like their youthful look in their in their early shows and then like they're now their primetime shows they're these huge barrel chested that like yeah there's like a bigness to them that isn't fat like it's not but I'm like how'd you get your shoulders to get wider like I don't understand <laughs> what's happening <laughs> But whereas with Nathan Fillion, I do, you know, basically either one. Um, they, I don't like David Boreanaz now. He looks, he look. I don't know what's what's up with him and his his bones even still on. It just got renewed for its last season. It's like twelve years. I think it's seven years too long. Um, but agreed. <laughs> that's agreed. Just my opinion. But yeah, so so my I would go back to to uh the the late nineties, early two thousands, and um and bone David Boreanaz. Buffy uh, David was very very attractive. Yeah, maybe it's because it, maybe it's because with that youth they look like teenagers, and I'm like a dirty old woman. Like to me, <laughs> I'm like we're the 19 year olds. Like that's where, <laughs> <laughs> where are those where are those 19 year old twins I've been looking for. Exactly. Like where are they at? Like <laughs> like I'm going to like <laughs> like arcades, like scooping oh. out. Like I'm not a pedophile. 19. Is, 19. <laughs> by any chance, do you have girls picked out? I don't because I don't. You're not a big fan. I'm not a. It's not that I'm not a big fan of girls. The I've I've dated women, but the women that I date have always been trans or on their way to being trans men or trans women, okay. trans men. And so, like I tip, like I, even though I've I've had a lot of sex with with women, <laughs> I don't consider myself bisexual because they were all very manly at the time. <laughs> so yeah, I typically just. I typically, I, I still just, I'm just like, I'm just an ally. Like, when you dated girls, I'm like, still, but yeah, but. <laughs> no, hey, t you know what? I like it. And thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, I, it, it's, it was always like, I, I feel like I'm one of those people that's attracted to, to the masculinity in all people. And so if a woman happens to have, or a, a person, ha even if they were born a woman, happens to have a lot of, of masculine traits, I still, I'll be like, okay. Like you could, you could almost see. Like we'll go, like I'll go to LGBT stuff, and like I can almost, I can like pick out, and be like these, these are the women I would like. <laughs> these. I love it. Okay, uh, my first guy I chose was um, Robert De Niro from Midnight Run. Oh, that was a good year for him. Yeah, it was. I'm looking at pictures of him right now. <laughs> Dreamy. <laughs> oh, back in the day. But. Now it's like he's not, also got old man face. His yes. face 
a fallen forward and like that jolly old man thing. Yes. Uh, and he just kind of looks curmudgeon-y. He looks angry. He looks, he'd be angry about a tattoo. He'd be like, or like angry about something, you know. Yeah. Her skirt's too short. Like some old man problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Well, so what I I was about to mention the the second person I can see on your list, um, as someone who is up until very recently I couldn't have done Bang to the Future, but I think I picked him one time when I did it for, with with Sean. Um, it's a very nice Harrison Ford pick. <laughs> Young Harrison Ford's amazing. Oh yes, <laughs> and you know it's it's sad. It's not up until like I want to say the last five years that yeah. Harrison Ford has fallen off the list. Yeah, yeah, you know? I think maybe it was Joe from um, Geekitude. Somebody was saying it was all Callista Flockhart's fault, and I agreed. It's possible. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's he has really gone downhill quickly. I think also it could be retribution for Crystal Skull. Like it could just be the universe. The universe being like, you shouldn't have done this. Right. Like this is how we're gonna punish you. We're gonna make you look your age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, sh- you should not. Have, you should not have survived a nuclear blast in a fridge. So you should just like, and you should have known this. It's like what is it? Oh, Zoidberg says you did a bad thing, and you should feel bad about it. <laughs> he should. He absolutely should. <laughs> So, so yeah, so the next one on my list was Mark Singer from Beastmaster from, I think, 1984 or 82. I don't know. Did you ever see that where he had the two um, ferrets, Ogo and Pogo, who are his little his little minions? Um, oh, no, I have not. But I do have a picture of him from Beastmaster, and I agree with you. Yeah, it was very formative. It was one of the, like, I, I remember watching that a lot. It would come on HBO sort of consistently. And I remember liking his body type more than Conan, because that was, would play concurrent with Conan. Um, and in my mind, like, Beastmaster and Conan and um, Red Sonja all happened in the same universe. And I know that in the comic books, like, I think Sonya, Red Sonja and Conan happened contingently. I don't know. But in my young mind, I thought that was all the same uh story and so in my mind because i always identify with red sonia i was like she should be with beastmaster like in my head like, <laughs> conan's like it wasn't even conan in the movie with her like it was just schwarzenegger i'm like she needs to not be because in my mind i was like that's conan it's like she should she should be with beastmaster because <laughs> they would he 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 was he was funnier he was nicer um and yeah that his his body type has sort of really formulated like what i look at <laughs> That's that was that the movie where you had your sexual awakening? No, I think the movie where I had my sexual awakening had to be Labyrinth. I hear that from so many people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was there was something the the with the whole David Bowie thing, which is kind of his deal anyway. Um, there was something that was so exotic and sexual about him, but it was safe because he wasn't. He, it was, I didn't understand. It's that whole sort of, sort of line that a lot of women have to, have to dance around where it's the whole rape fantasy thing. Like he's real uh. sinister and manipulative and you don't understand why you like that when you're young. You just know that he's a really pretty bad guy. Yes. And it, it's like all those things that are happening in your mind and your psyche that you don't really understand why until later and you reexamine it. And you're like, oh, this is why, you know, I guys, I find guys like this attractive. It's because there's a dangerous element. And, you know, 
because he was in a child's movie, like I felt safe and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, and also just because he had a giant package on the screen most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was definitely my movie where I was like, I'd like to be his girlfriend. Like it was an actual like like an actual like a fantasizing kind of thing, oh. even at that that young age. So yeah, La- Labyrinth had ruined a lot of girls. We want, we want, we want guys in eyeliner immediately. <laughs> You're the reason to blame for millennials. Exactly. <laughs> this is, this is what we want and we want it now. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so my, we already talked about Harrison Ford. My, the last guy that I would bang to the future is Val Kilmer. But I'm talking not Batman Val Kilmer, real genius. Val Kilmer. How cute was he in Real Genius? Oh my god. Right? He oh was my god. <laughs> so adorable. No, I I agree. And poor Val Kilmer now. I'm glad he's living his truth. But he's as big as a house. And he's I mean, he loves his life and that's great. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, now I just have to like your acting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Uh Real Genius. That was another one of those where I didn't understand what was happening in my body when I was watching it. <laughs> But I like to watch it. <laughs> it's also it it gave me unreasonable expectations towards popcorn. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say college, but no. <laughs> well, so I'll, I'll do my I'll do my last one, and then we can we can move on to your your ladies. So I fell in love with Kyle MacLachlan in Blue Velvet. Now, I didn't see Blue Velvet, even though it came out in the 80s. I didn't see it for the first time until I was in college. And I was like, who is this guy? He's amazing. And they're like, he's the guy from Twin Peaks. And I was like, oh, I don't like him in Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I've, I've missed the window on Oh, no. <laughs> because there was something very just boyish and, you know, cute. And because that came out in 84, I think, and uh, Twin Peaks didn't come out until uh, the ni- the early nineties. Yeah. So, so yeah, like it was it was enough time for me to be like, oh, I didn't even recognize him. But yeah, Kyle McLaughlin from Blue Velvet is just he's delicious. I I will I will watch David Lynch movies just so I so we can put Blue Velvet in the rotation because you can't <laughs> just watch Blue Velvet on its own because then you'll go insane. Then you'll be. <laughs> What's wrong with me? You need to cut um, it with some Fuller House. Yeah, exactly. Something <laughs> where, you're, where you're like, oh, okay, I should not be as into this crazy movie as I am. And it's probably the least crazy of all the Lynch movies, but... Yeah. And I was actually looking at other pictures of him. Him in Dune is pretty dreamy, too. He's pretty good in Dune, but Dune, for me, was more about uh, Sting. Oh, yeah. Because, I I mean, I have a type. Um, I don't I don't typically go for the good guy or like the hero of the piece. I always like the villain. And, and so in that one, it was a pretty clear cut that he was the, he was the good guy. Mm. Old Muad'Dib. But, um, but yeah, no, he was, he was, he was certainly cute. All right. So, so my ladies, this was a little bit more difficult for me because like I said, I, uh, am kind of easy. Right. And so I'm like, yeah, you, you still are good. <laughs> I still would. <laughs> I still would. <laughs> So, uh, my very first is, it's, it, this was a little weird one for me. It was Pamela Anderson. Mm-hmm. 
which is weird because I just saw her uh, latest spread in the January issue of Playboy. Right. Um, and she's like, I think she's mid-40s, mid-50s now. And in those photos, she still looks good. But then if you see her, like, not in a planned photo shoot. Not what, not front lit is what it is. She's yeah. not being lit from the front. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm like, mm, okay, she's off the list. So, like, 1990s, early 1990s Pamela Anderson. Right. Like, uh, her first or second Playboy cover. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I was, I remember those more than I do Baywatch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, I actually posted about the issue I had of her. It was July 1992. Mm-hmm. She's on the cover of Playboy. She's got a cowboy hat, cut off jeans, um, right. and cowboy boots. And I had a poster of that in my room as a kid. How old were you in 92? Eight. Okay. So I had the poster of this probably a few years later. Gotcha. Probably middle school, uh, junior high. That's appropriate. Yeah. Now, another Baywatch alum uh, is Kelly Packard, but I remember Kelly Packard from an amazing show called California Dreams. That it, sounds familiar. It was the... Was it like a teen? Was it a teen show? It was a teen show. It was like Saved by the Bell, where they're in this... Uh, you know how the Saved by the Bell had the Zack Attack episodes? Yes. This was an entire show about these kids who went to high school and were in a band. So every episode was a Zack Attack episode. Okay. Um, that, that seems vaguely familiar to me. Yeah. And so after after California Dreams, she went to Baywatch, and I was like, oh, I love you so much. <laughs> um, and actually, I actually saw a character from California Dreams my first couple weeks out in L.A. Uh, get a parking ticket. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> You're like stars just like us. Yeah. Well, no, I <laughs> you're was, just like us. I was like, I, I, I was about to be like, oh, hey, you're this actor from a TV show I really, really liked. But then he was getting a ticket, and I was like, not the right time. Right? Not the right time. We'll meet again, friend. We'll meet again. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> now, what my, probably my absolute favorite is Anne Margaret. But I'm talking about from, like, God, I don't even know when these photos were. Probably. It's, it's probably her Elvis time when she was on the, she sang with Elvis. Yes. Yeah, like the like the Jailhouse Rock type era. Oh, yeah. But it just absolutely gorgeous. I still think she aged gracefully. Yes. But... N- it's just at some point you are you reach an age where you're off the table for me. Well, it's that's biology. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't slight her, it's nothing she did. It's just the ravages of time. <laughs> you know, if if anything, it's humanity's fault because we've created such a long lifespan. We should all just die sooner. <laughs> <laughs> or we should just, you know, think about just evolutionarily. Men can still father children up until they're 100 years old. 
um, which is why they still, I mean, at a, at a basic level, why they still remain attractive to women. Um, and women around about 50 are, they, they, you, they look like they can't, you can't have children with them because you can't. Yeah. And so there, there is a biological reason why men do not find typically older women to be attractive. Um, now there are always exceptions, but you know, the reason that I can, I mean, now, you know, Harrison Ford could still put a baby in me real easy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd be, I'd fight against it, but not too hard. But no, <laughs> but, like, but, but you know, like you know, all his, you know, theoretically, all his stuff still works, and his sperm would still be viable. But it's 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 biology. I mean, yeah. it's it's it, it is what it is. I mean, Anne Margaret is is not losing any sleep over the fact that you know men in their thirties don't want to have sex with her anymore. She's fine. Um, she doesn't want to have sex with him either. <laughs> <laughs> one one of the best things my mother ever told me. My mother is sixty seven. And we were, t- and I was taught, we were talking about something. I talked to her every day. We were talking about s- something and, and sex came up. And we're not the sort of family where we talk to each other about like actual specific sex acts or, or things like that. But she knows the, the, the sort of life I lead. And I was talking about how it sucked because I would just wish that I didn't care about sex at all because I could quit looking for boys and I could just go about my day. And, and she was like, yeah, she goes, that goes away when you're about 55. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, at 55, you get your life back. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, for me, it was 55. You, don't, you don't care. She's like, it may be like five years on the either, either side of that for you. She goes, but you will get to a point where it just, you don't care anymore. And I'm like, how liberating to just have that not be. Cause like, honest to God, like if I go more than a month, like I'm kind of like chewing at stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, your withdrawals. A little bit, or it's, where it's not even like I even really necessarily want to. I just like, why haven't I? Like, it becomes a whole psychological thing. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, and so she's like, yeah, she goes, she, she goes, that's why there's so many accomplished women. They're no, they don't care. Like, they're not, that's not a, a driving factor for them. So, so yeah, there's, there's biology behind that. You shouldn't feel, we don't sound like you feel too bad, but you shouldn't feel too bad. <laughs> no, no one should fault you on it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a absolute blast. We need to start wrapping things up. Yes, we do. Oh this is the goodness. problem with podcasting with me. It goes on forever. <laughs> and, and it's just fun. Why would I want to stop having this fun? No. Uh, I know. I appreciate that. Do, do you have a go-to nerd or uh, health and fitness resource or app that helps you meet your goals? My favorite app for exercising actually is an app called Zombies Run. And it is, it costs money, but, um, what you do is it, it, it it's a British app. It is available for both iPhone and, and Android. You play along with these missions and you can set things to be like a 30 minute workout session, a 40 minute workout session. Um, and, and it's a post apocalyptic scenario. And you are runner number five and someone is talking to you through your headphones as a, there's a guy in sort of like a, a, a dispatch tower and he gives you little missions to do. Now, essentially, you're just listening to this as you're running. Um, you don't actually have to go do anything. You just it's a thing to sort of motivate you. But it's a wonderful story. It's very scary. Um, and I don't, I'm not, I don't scare easily. And there have been times where I've been like, I got to quit listening to this. Um, there's also an option to set up zombie mobs. Where it, it tracks you through uh, a GPS and it tracks how fast you're going. It can track how, track how fast you're going if you're doing it on a treadmill. And you can set it up for these zombie mobs where 
you'll hear like a thing will come over and be like, there's a zombie mob chasing you. And so you have to increase your speed by a certain percentage. I think it's 20 percent to get or away the, from the mob. Yeah. Yeah, to get away from them. And you can hear them in your ear. They're getting closer and getting closer. And it's like there's a beeping that continue, you know, like very aliens. Like they're reading inside the room, like a very that sort of sound. And so it motivates you. And if they get you, like it, it, it tracks everything. You get lots of rewards for completing story missions. Um, and and so it's it's not the sort of thing that's going to penalize you because you can do it at any level. You can walk and the story still plays the same. Um, and you can turn off the zombie mobs if you want to. Um, but it, they, it, they're up to season four, so there's probably a oh, hundred wow. episodes. Yeah. And they've got all kinds of extra little things you can pay for where there's like a little radio station that'll play. Like once you're done with the mission, if you're not done exercising, they go to these like two radio DJs who have a little sideline story going on, um, which is very cute. And, and the cool thing is you, it plays along with your music. So you make a track, you make a, a playlist in whatever music app you're using. And so there'll be someone will come through and be like, here's the story. Here's what's going on. So run at number five. You've got to run and go get that gas can. And then it'll play a song from your playlist. And so then it'll come back on after and be like, so you got that gas can. So the next thing you have to do is this. And and it just it's really interactive. And it's been it when I was training for all those five K's I did that year. I was going out every day and running basically, you know, three and a half miles. And it was it was the motivation to do it because the story was so good. So I highly recommend that. Um, and it's gonna cost you a little something, but if you're if you're serious about it, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's something that I've really enjoyed using because I hate running, and it's helped me uh, get actually excited about running. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where can people connect with you? So if you thought this was funny, um, <laughs> I welcome you to, to or invite you to come check out my show. You can go to matinghabitsofthemoderngeek.com, and there we have blog posts and links to archived episodes and the most current episode and show notes and funny pictures um, and places where you can like leave a comment. And if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at Kelly Disagrees, and that's K-E-L-L-E-Y. And if you want to follow the show... Um, that's at Mating Habits. I tend to be funnier because I can be dirtier <laughs> at Kelly Disagrees because it's mine. And I can get I get political and I get angry and all that kind of stuff on mine. I tend to not do that on the show one, but I communicate with um, my audience more on at Mating Habits. So there's lots of little discussions going on over there on Twitter. And if anyone wanted to send me an email about dating advice or what they're doing or not doing wrong or doing right or whatever, um, or send me pictures of your cat. You can do that at moderngeekcast at gmail.com. That's moderngeekcast at gmail.com. And we will include links to all those in the show notes. Make it easy for people to find you. Yay! And what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast? Whatever you're doing, be brave and just do it. Because if it doesn't work, if you get rejected, if you fail, so what? you might get a really good story out of it. And then that's something to bring into the conversation for the next time you're being brave. So just be brave. That's awesome. Kelly, thank you very much for joining me today. I absolutely appreciate it. It's been a blast. I don't think I've ever laughed this much in a two hour period. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm glad this was super <laughs> fun. Thank you for having me. And all the, you dragons out there, be sure to like subscribe, rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Workout nerd out. Bye.
As always, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Send me an email at ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at dumbbellsanddragons. Connect with us on Twitter at dumbbellsdragon. Also, our theme song, Roll a D6 by Assorted Intricacies, can be found on iTunes, or you can listen to it on YouTube now.